0: Recorded on May 15th, 2022, 2022. Have I been 2022 <laughs> this whole year? I
1: don't think so. I don't think you have so. have leave that in.
0: <laughs> hey, recorded on May 15th, 2023. Hat in the ring. Welcome to the Push Ed podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie.
1: I'm Shelby. And hello, I'm Pamela.
0: And we're here to talk about a whole lot of nothing.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's good to get a whole lot of nothing out of the way.
0: Yeah, wow. yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But first, there are some elephants that we do have to clear out of the room.
1: I think we should have an elephant cheer. <laughs> Never mind. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> I think when Jennifer Jenkins was on, she did the little elephant squeak.
1: It was a good one.
0: It was. We'll have to get her back. Yeah. Let's see. Speaking of getting back. So we've talked previously about the civil lawsuit out of New York against Donald Trump for defamation and battery and I
2: sexual assault.
0: Yeah, sexual assault
2: or sexual abuse. Ab- what abuse. They got
0: him on. And so the Carol lawsuit the jury deliberated after we recorded the last episode and awarded a $5 million judgment. And the deliberations were short? Very short because Trump didn't defend himself in the court of law. He just badmouthed the whole th- right. set of proceedings. And
1: said, I won't do this, and then did it.
0: Yeah. So the judge had enough and said, You have until sunday to say if you are going to defend yourself or not if you are going to testify or not if you are going to present any witnesses or not and it was radio silence except until at a rally where he just came out and badmouthed the judge who totally unfair to him offering this chance <laughs> offering them this chance to defend himself and that he didn't take
2: and that he swore that he wanted his time in court
0: yeah so well, i mean cu- maybe
2: he just wanted to Be there.
1: Hang out. Hey,
0: I'm in court. Yeah. I don't know. I don't don't know. Court is a pretty happening place.
2: But then with the judgment came, he got on the CNN town hall, further bashed E. Jean Carroll. Yeah. And she now has more.
0: She is considering opening up yet another defamation suit. About six months ago, CNN was bought out by a Republican, a Trump ally. And a right winger was put in charge of the CNN, who wanted to make it a little bit more both sides friendly, a little bit less polarized. And since then, their viewership numbers have dropped 40 percent by trying to shift more to the center, which is really just code for saying shifting more to the right. So CNN lost 40 percent of its viewers, becoming Fox Light. And so they held out a carrot to Donald Trump to say, you can have, uh, we will. So
1: I'm not opposed to that. I don't think that was a bad thing. And I liked Anderson Cooper's comments. Like he is the front runner for the presidential nomination. Do you think ignoring him is going to make him go away? When people from my side of the aisle heard that interview, it certainly didn't change anybody's mind and make them think Trump's the best thing in the world. In fact, it made them more determined than ever not to vote for him and to work for people else against him. I like yeah, cuz he just showed how horrible he is if
2: you're like going that. to have a quote unquote town hall you can't fill it just with their cronies
0: it was uh, right well,
1: okay that i agree with it, 100% yeah.
0: it was essentially a 2 hour long campaign donation by cnn because yes. they went out they let him
1: yeah him being on i don't object to but him being on to talk to republicans and
0: yeah he like and they went out and, and
1: hollering and yeah
0: They went out and they sourced Republicans to fill the audience. And then they didn't do any producer's tricks to prevent the host from getting steamrolled. And so, yeah, it was essentially a campaign donation from CNN.
2: Yes, it also reminded women that any woman that disagrees with Donald Trump or tries to fact check him is a nasty woman.
1: But I liked that. I like him showing how awful he is. I like people going looking at that and going, Oh my God, this guy really is. Because the reality is most Democratic voters are not watching Fox and they're not hearing these kinds of comments. If we don't show them, what I do have a problem with is the room being filled with his people. Yeah. I do not have a problem with CNN. I would bring him on here because I think everybody that's listening to this podcast should hear exactly how awful he is because not exposing that doesn't make it less so.
0: In in the eternal words of norm mcdonald the great norm mcdonald he said norm i've been reading about this hitler guy and the more i learn about him the less i like him
1: <laughs> right and so i'm not opposed to them exposing him and i love i as a democrat who thinks donald trump is dangerous for democracy i think it was awesome that he got to call her a nasty woman for simply asking him a factual question yes
2: but see if we had the opportunity to interview him and he looked up any of your credentials. He would know he would be no batch for you. So he
1: wouldn't come on. And then he. <laughs> well, I think it. he knew that about CNN, too. Uh,
0: they essentially put a junior lion tamer into the ring and had them chase the lion for two hours. Right. And
1: how did she respond when he called her a nasty woman?
2: She kept trying to hammer in the question, but he talked over her and over her and she smiled a little bit. But she tried, and he just she, steamrolled her. She
0: didn't have a mic pill switch. I, I think that the only way to handle Donald Trump is to just have a way to right. mute his mic.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure she would have used it because the, like all the rest of Democrats in the world, we're also busy being fair. I have a my friend Adam who does the band book drive won't address the Democrats and won't come to our meeting. They requested him to come in so that they can hear what's going on with what he's doing. And he won't because it's partisan. And that's so often the case with our allied groups. They want to be fair and they want to be whatever, and they're going to be fair until they don't exist.
0: That, yeah, the paradox of tolerance of intolerance. And the thing that I think is worth repeating is that you don't have to tolerate hate. You don't have to tolerate book banning and wishing to eradicate people in in fact it's a social contract i as part of my social contract i say i won't try to kill you <laughs> as long as you don't try to kill me as soon as once so a si-
1: contract out a covenant
0: yeah as soon as one person drops that side of the contract <laughs> hey null
1: and void i don't think cnn airing it was bad i think cnn airing it and turning it into a
0: well, yeah, I think that CNN airing it and then trying to catch the viewers that were leaving Fox because Tucker Carlson left is something I disagree with.
2: Yeah, I stopped using CNN as my news source. Right. Eight months ago.
0: I will say that not watching Fox is a good thing. I don't think that trying to transform yourself into something that can catch ex-viewers of Fox is also a good thing.
1: Yeah, that's a little too cute by half. Yeah. All right.
0: So in other news, a teacher is under investigation for showing a Disney film in class. In Florida. That film is Strange World.
2: There was one parental complaint filed. Just one. Everybody else, hey, it's a Disney movie. Yeah. We're watching a Disney movie instead of having to do curriculum. Yes. So
0: looking
1: here, and it's a TikTok video, and she is under investigation for showing a Disney movie, and it's Hernando County. Yeah, they're doing God's work out there. <laughs> and she had previously signed permission slips. But, but reading it, the complaint is because it does violate the don't say gay law, which, by the way, it's a bad law. Mm-hmm. There's going to yes. be a lot of things that violate the don't say gay law. And it's because in the movie, there is a male character who expresses attraction to another male character. Yes. And that you, you can't. I know we're not. I know that the. Wait. The argument has been this is about teaching about sex to our kids. This movie in no way teaches about I'm thrilled that this happened because it does provide fodder for the realities that it is literally limiting any equity for children of same sex parents or for children who have same sex desires
0: themselves. Yeah. So there's absolutely no sexy times in this Disney animated.
2: I just want to say that I would play the law. Literally, they didn't say gay in the
1: movie. Right. Right. What, there's no the law doesn't say you can't say it. the law says you can't talk about gender. The complaint, which was from a mom's Liberty supported school board member, said it is not a teacher's job to impose their beliefs upon a child, religious, sexual orientation, gender identity, any of the above. But allowing movies such as this assist teachers in opening a door, and please hear me, they assist teachers in opening a door for conversations that have no place in our classrooms. That's just plain bullshit. I'm sorry. So you don't want to show we shouldn't talk about. Men having a f- expressing attraction to women, then because right. that's really if yeah. that's going to open a door to a conversation, I don't want my third grader talking about sex between same sex, opposite, cisgender yeah. people yeah. either.
2: That's the problem is they're facing it solely on sex, which if you ask m- many liberals, yeah, sex is part of it. We're thinking about the normal things of crushes and love.
1: But my point is that yeah. this is not opening a door for a conversation any more than a movie showing. But Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, where he, where the two guys are hot after Belle. That's not opening a door for a conversation about sex either. It's just it's not it's not opening a door yeah. for a conversation about anything it's, except the idea that true love transcends all. A teacher is suspended for showing a Disney movie because somebody's uncomfortable with the fact that a person shows an attraction for another.
2: And you miss the whole point of the movie, which is sometimes you have to evolve your thinking.
0: Republicans are missing the point. Name a more iconic duo. Oh, I got one. DeSantis and Falling polling numbers.
2: Ah. Oh.
0: Yeah. So his horrible laws are causing his points to drop in the national polls as he's drawing more and more attention and going on a global escapade and touring states that aren't Florida. Yeah, he's drawing a lot of attention and surprise, it's not going well for him.
2: Except we could probably maybe expect an announcement soon because I think he's about to sign the law that allows him to run for president and not resign.
1: I think that's part of what he's waiting for. I also think there were a lot of trial balloons. Yeah. And I think from what I understand, he's shaking up his team a little bit because he's, of course, it's never his fault. It's just like Trump it was never Trump's fault. So the team is reevaluating. I saw today that his press secretary resigned. Thank God. So I think it's a lot of everything. I he can't possibly not announce now because everybody is expecting him to. He's been in Iowa three times. He's running ads in Michigan and Nevada and Arizona.
0: I don't know how to feel about his impending announcement because I would like if he was a normal human being, I would expect him to not announce. But I would be surprised if he didn't.
1: I think he's going to announce
0: Yeah, I think he has to. I think that he has his mind set on it because he just signed in the abortion law recently. So he's still making he's hurting Floridians for his own personal gain in a way that couldn't possibly benefit him in any other way unless he was about to announce for the presidency.
2: He just wants to take on the alpha dog. He just it's like all the animal fighting where you got the. He
1: really thinks he's a good would be the president. I really think that he. I don't think he cares about even taking Trump on. I think he just wants to be the big dog in the room, period. That's very much everything that he's done his whole life has been setting him up for needing to be the big guy. And somebody told him you should run for president and he believed him. The irony, he got the Catholic vote by signing an abortion ban. But I'm going to tell you, as a Catholic, the pro-life stance from the Catholic church is from conception to natural death. And the major movement for decades was capital punishment yes and ron DeSantis is he's popping he's signing death more not just death more. he's signing execution orders yeah like i pop popcorn
0: and also he signed a law recently that made it easier to the put easiest people-
1: in the country yeah
0: yeah so he signed the law that said it no longer takes a unified jury now they can get by with what eight an eight-,
1: eight, o- eight out of 12 jurors yeah. if eight out of 12 jurors Say death penalty, then that will be applied. And they've added the list of crimes that can, that for which the death penalty be considered. And he's held three executions, I think, in a month. He's on a, he's just, I don't know, he's got his quota. Got to get my quotas. It's so funny because I swear people think Democrats, you can't be a Democrat unless you've had your fair share of abortions. Not true. <laughs> but I really think he thinks you can't be a president unless you've had your fair share of executions, making Florida the most pro death state in the country. Even taking. The fact that we know an abortion ban will kill people, even taking that out of the equation, the capital punishment and the expansion of capital punishment and the racing to get executions done. its He's trying to do more executions. I think he's probably trying to match rocket launches. It can have an execution for every rocket launch that goes off. He wishes. And it's doing quietly. But if you follow, like, the Orlando Sentinel, they just did a story on this, and they actually dug deep because there was a conversation with the National Bishops' Council for the Catholic Church as to whether Joe Biden could continue to receive the Eucharist as a communion, as a pro-choice person. I'm just going to tell you, like, somebody can support pro-choice legislation and not say you must have an abortion. You cannot sign an execution without saying you must be dead. That is clearly what that is
0: yeah you are putting someone to death yeah. in an unnatural manner
2: shout out to the orlando sentinel St- scott maxwell you rock
1: yeah he's not read that article right.
0: so his numbers are plummeting i think what? he was in at parity with trump and now two weeks ago he was 10 points behind and now there were some polls putting him at 15 points behind
1: i thought the biggest was 36 points behind but here's his ego and his narcissistic pattern he will he will not back out because he will want to prove that he can come back uh-huh. from that deficit. He
0: can yeah. he will continue hurting Floridians until he loses the primary. Yep. That's sad. And so, thank you,
2: Ronnie, for my one percent
0: home insurance. So yeah, yeah. I, okay, so I'm going to be honest. I hold grudges. My latest grudge is that every single person who voted for Ron DeSantis is now in my book responsible. For me, paying one percent more on my home insurance policy.
1: So, how much was that one percent?
2: When our home insurance policy is like three grand. And remember, it's not just Ron DeSantis; it's also every single state yes. legislature. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People keep asking how do we change stuff, and I'm like laughing in my head, and I just want to yell, "Stop oh. voting for these people!"
0: For example, a one percent charge on a grand is is ten bucks. A one percent charge on two grand is twenty bucks. A one percent charge on four grand is forty, but it's a non-zero amount of money leaving my wallet that didn't have to, thanks to Ron DeSantis and every single person who voted for them. So every single person who voted for Ron DeSantis, you owe me 20 bucks.
1: <laughs> I like it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And during the election in 2022, I tried to get our governor's candidate to talk less about Roe v. Wade and more about the economy because Ron DeSantis was not talking about Roe v. Wade. And I think voters just assumed he would not do what he did after he was elected. Typical bait and switch. They assumed that he would not sign a ban. But he did sign a six-week ban, which is...
0: An effective ban.
1: An effective ban. People thought that he would not do an abortion ban, but of course he did. And we saw the energy that created in 49 states in 2022. And we have a group it's called Floridians Protecting Freedom. And it is a statewide initiative to get abortion on the ballot. When they overturned Roe, the big word was taking it back to the voters. And then it was never come back to the voters. In fact, people said the voters voted for the representatives. That was not on the ballot. Abortion no. was not a conversation. I think people might have voted differently. It wasn't so, part of the platform. Right. So it now Florida is protecting freedom is to get abortion on the ballot. So you can vote for protecting abortion or not. Whatever. You get to make that vote and make that choice once and for all. And we need to get a lot of petitions on the ballot. So Brevard County Democrats office is the hub for about three counties, actually. So if you would like to go to Floridians Protecting Freedom, print out a petition and sign it and bring it to our office or come to the office and we've got blank petitions. In fact, I would do that because you could take one for yourself, take 10 for your neighbors, get them to fill it up, bring it back to our office.
0: Is it, is it one signature per page or can you like yeah, no. fill it? Oh.
1: One signature per page. You have to and prove Brevard County has to have... We have to have our district, Congressional District 8, which is basically Brevard County, 9,236 signed petitions for review, and then we will need 36,943 have to come from our county in order to get it on the ballot. So I know we can do it. There are 400,000-some-odd registered voters in Brevard County, and Republicans don't want an abortion ban. Many of our neighbors don't want an abortion ban either, so- We are the hub for the Brevard County for collection and returning of these petitions. If you don't have somebody knock on your door, contact us at our podcast and we'll make sure somebody comes and brings you a petition. And if you want to help us in that effort, it's a really simple thing to do. It's just a petition to get it on the ballot.
2: But what is the significance of getting it on the ballot? Then voters can decide if they want to protect abortion rights or not. And what does Florida do with some of
1: these progressive woke things that end up on our ballot. I just telling you factually speaking, yeah. it just puts it on the ballot as a progressive person. I know voters tend to vote in alignment with our issues, align with our values and abortion nation- nationally in 2022 was a winning issue. People want to have the right to make those healthcare choices. They don't want the government making those healthcare choices. They want to make them themselves. Yeah. So putting it on the ballot also, by the way, if if you are only committed to that issue, that's all. Just stop listening. But if you are committed to also getting Democrats elected to other offices, we've got statewide. We've got a Senate race. Locally, we've got all of our state house races, our state senate races. We've got two school board seats up in twenty twenty four, and ballots on all of your local races. And this issue will drive voters to the polls for this one issue, that will then turn into votes for everything else as well.
0: And. It's worth reminding people the Republicans, I believe, what 10, 15 years ago, were all up in arms about death panels. And let's be honest here that women's lives are put at risk due to pregnancy right. complications. And so the panels that are currently manned by our conservative friends who say, no, you can't get this life saving medical procedure, that is a death panel. That's right. If you are anti death panel, Print out the petition, fill it out, and get it to Pam.
1: Or better, print out the petition, print 10 out, get your neighbors to fill it out, and bring it back. Yes. We have a lot of petitions to gather and a very short amount of time to do it. I know we can if we have your help.
0: And because the requirement to have one piece of paper per signature, if you hate trees, this is a great way to get that in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hate that. And it has to be paper, and it's no electronic way to do it. No.
0: All right. So the primary is a little bit interesting. Trump is still the front runner. The Democrats, I believe that a couple of people have come out of the sides probably to start selling books or get their agenda on the platform.
2: Yeah, but we have a sitting president, so yeah. they're not getting anywhere.
0: So the primary polling is interesting because a couple of weeks ago it was the front runner was Trump and then DeSantis was falling further and further behind and Pence and Haley were down in the single digits, but recently a Republican contender who claims to be Trump without the baggage, a millionaire billionaire. I believe what is his name? Vivek,
1: the venture capitalist, yeah, and Woke Inc. author, yeah, yeah. My oh, Vivek Ramaswamy.
0: Ramaswamy. Here we okay. go. Yeah.
1: Rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. So
0: the uh, essentially he's positioning himself as Trump light. He is positioning himself as what the Republican Party thought that they wanted, which was Trump without the baggage. He has Trump's views. He... Claims to have Trump's business acumen because he's very wealthy. And Vivek Ramaswamy?
1: Yeah, good job. Okay, yeah. Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. i just going to call him Vivek.
0: Vivek, yes. He is throwing his hat in the ring and he has already caught up to Mike Pence.
1: He actually put his hat in the ring in February, according to this, and I'd never heard of him. But then, shockingly, I'm not following the Republican process. Right. So he's caught up to Mike
0: Pence. He's caught up to Mike Pence. So I bring him up because people are starting to say... That he might be the dark horse to take out DeSantis and Trump might take out Trump with all of his political problems. Once he shows up in an orange jumpsuit that is more orange than his complexion, the voters may turn off of him.
1: I don't know. I still worry. I really worry about that. I think he shows up in an orange jumpsuit and people go to war.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So but... Essentially, there's been two strategies that I've heard, which is the Trump without the baggage strategy, which is what people thought. He's only
1: 37.
0: Right. Which is what people thought he's younger that than DeSantis me. was. And he, where DeSantis was trying to be Trumpier without the baggage because DeSantis hasn't had a lot of scandals, but he's just not a likable guy. And so I could see the old school GOP, we need Trump without Trump, a strategist pivoting, pivoting to Vivek. Meanwhile, Liz Cheney is up there in the Northeast actually running ads in, I believe, like New Hampshire and Vermont, trying to enact what's going to be called a one-two punch strategy, where essentially you need someone to go toe-to-toe with Trump and take his abuse and take his image hit. And then you need someone to come up behind them. And once they've done battle, they're not going to get the votes. And so all of that favorable goodwill is going to come up on the person behind them. And so I'm not sure if Vivek here is the, the two portion of the one-two punch or if he's just trying to be Trump without Trump or if he's just another guy looking to sell a whole bunch of books using political fundraising money. He's
1: billionaire. He made it in biotech. Yep.
0: Yeah. Nothing
2: shady there.
0: No. And
2: when I said I wanted my generation to take over, I wanted the ones that actually have empathy.
0: Yeah. So the GOP... Primaries are chugging along. I absolutely can't stand the horse race political commentary where you know people where it's treated like a zero sum game. One person has to gain in order for one person to gain, someone else has to lose. But there's no other way to show the Republican primary because that's it comes down to math.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's always math.
0: Yeah, and so
2: much changes between now in May and January when they actually have the primary. Yeah,
1: if you remember at this point in time and. 2015 people were still laughing at donald trump
0: jeb we're still laughing at him now but in a different way
1: (laughs) no now we're crying we
0: are yeah because the thing is that some things you have to laugh or else you're gonna cry yeah and he has
1: been he's only been going after one person which is dissent which is great because he makes my job easier
0: yeah yeah all right. And the final elephant, I don't want to call by name. We now are at the point where mass shootings are happening daily. It used to be the weekly mass shootings, and now it's today's mass shooting.
1: Yeah. So now when somebody says, did you hear about this shooting? The answer yeah. is which one?
0: Yeah, which one? Yeah. Today's, yesterday. And so this is an epidemic. It's like people falling ill with COVID, except that we could vote to abolish COVID.
2: <laughs> I still like the hammer reference. I'm still going to take the hammer away from
1: somebody Yeah, that's hurting people with a hammer. Yeah, It could be the person that's doing it, but I'm still taking the hammer. Well, and not even just mass shootings. There were two shootings here in Melbourne yes. yesterday or this weekend. It's just, it's, it is an yeah. epidemic that beyond imagination. And we are the, oh, people say, oh, it's mental illness. I don't no. know. Every country in the world has people that struggle with mental illness. Only one what we have.
0: It's an infection of the political system. Yeah. And until the political system purges itself and heals, it's going to continue to be an epidemic, a disease.
2: Yeah. And then on that route, because the mass shootings that make the most in news, especially where was the guy from? It was a Texas, right?
0: Someone's basement. His mom's basement.
2: (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) But the last one that they proved, I'm, Okay, so let's just right stop leading. right here. Yeah. We're doing it again. Which one? Which guy? Which yeah. shooting? The last one? So, the one before that? Yeah, which one was yeah. the last one? So, uh, Where they found I, the skinhead with neo-Nazi oh, yeah, paraphernalia.
0: Yeah. Which one? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, rather than dive into this fact that we, are, that we are in danger of having mass shootings fall out of the news cycle the same way car accidents do, because entire families can be killed in a car accident every day on the roads, and it's so commonplace it doesn't even make the news cycle, that we're in danger of having that happen with gun violence.
2: And now we're in danger. We've got someone who shot somebody up in Ohio because he thought it, they were a Democrat. We had a gentleman shoot up a whole family because they told him not to shoot his gun.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, even here,
1: here locally, Yeah, we have our state representative that so many people think is just great. Tyler Sir Royce from State um, Representative, State District. 30, who is still trying to get the legal age to purchase a long gun down to 18. It was 18 after Parkland. The state, our Republican led state legislature responded appropriately and raised the age to 21, and he's trying to get it lower to 18 again. That's his bill that he sponsored.
0: Yeah. So rather than address this issue, 18 year olds are in school, rather than address this issue and head on and say, it's a matter of political will. If there's enough political will to get rid of this issue, we will get rid of it. Until then, vote with your heart. So I'm not going to solution it other than that. It's it's going to take the political change. It's going to take
2: not what, voting for NRA cronies.
0: Yeah. Vote with your heart. Vote for your life because gun violence is the next epidemic. I wouldn't be surprised if corporations started claiming inflation because of gun violence. Because they're looking for every excuse to raise costs and profits. So that'll probably show up at some point. But uh, now we get to have fun. So rather than what are we going to do now, rather than face that reality and face. Listeners,
1: I'm going to tell you what I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at some cute people in some cute clothes, but I'm looking at a hat (laughs) with a DILF button. (laughs) It's the hat. Yes. I'm looking at a hat <laughs> with a bunch of pieces of paper folded in it. And I walked in and was told that Jamie and Shelby asked listeners for questions that they wanted to ask us. And we're going to go through. You've got a lot of them in there, but we're not going to get through them all. No. Okay. So I'm new to these questions. I only
2: know the ones that I wrote down myself from my friends. There's a ton that came from him and his. Boys.
1: Okay. Let's go.
0: All right. Rich. OK, here we are. First question. If you could invent a new holiday for Brevard County, what would it be? and How would we celebrate it? Is
1: so, it a legit holiday one
2: that we want to celebrate? I, I, I see mean, surfing Santas, damn it.
0: Yeah. So I do want to say, hey, listening to politics 24-7 is, is exhausting. We need a break. You need a break. Let's have a holiday.
1: What would it be? What I want Surfing Shelby? Santa's Day. You want Surfing Santa's to be recognized as a holiday? It is, because it's always on Christmas Day. Eve. Eve. Oh, it's Christmas Eve? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Surfing Santa's is Shelby's. What about you, Jamie?
0: I would be cool if there was just a space launch day where, like, we could all organize in the parks, where we could all meet at, like, the parks with the best view, and then just get a really nice rocket launch view.
1: Okay, so you weren't here. But John Glenn went up in space. We all know he went up in space. Now we y- y- Y'all may not know that because you might be younger than that. But in Apollo, he was one of the original astronauts. Mercury. Mercury, sorry. And my husband actually worked for him in the Senate office. But when he went back up in space as a senator. I was in middle school. Yeah. And they had a holiday in Brevard County. It was an excused absence for students to go to the beach. And we did. We took our kids out of school and we went to the beach because my husband had worked for him and we watched him go off into space so that's a good one yeah. a space launch holiday and surfing santas it's really hard for me to not think politics i'm sorry how about so how about if we have a holiday from toxic people and we can call it but doesn't it sound nice to have a fine day we would have a fine day.
0: Oh, no. A
1: fine day when and, we have an absence of toxic people. Yeah. And
0: on this very fine day, there would be, I don't know, some sort of health awareness where multiple chins could be yeah. Yeah. raising awareness. And we just
1: of, nobody posts anything mean on social media. Yeah. Nobody calls anybody a whore. Yeah. It's just like all those things are like you're forbidden. Instead of Jews who are forbidden to drive on the Sabbath, will be forbidden to use social media to bully anybody on this fine day. There's oh. my holiday. There, there you
0: go. go. There you go. It's a great one. All right.
1: Okay. I'm going to pull one out. Yep. Uh, how do you... S- I did not cheat. Yours was fun. Oh. How do you see the future of politics in Brevard County unfolding over the next decade? I'll take that one. Because <laughs> that's actually been my thought, right? When I took on the role as the chair of the Democrats, I think historically Democrats are very short-sighted. We've got this election cycle and then we get to go back. And I do intend to go back to my life after this election cycle, but I'm very carefully putting in place already. Now, my term is up in November of 2024 and coincident with the presidential election. I'm already putting in place people that I know are working with me now so they can learn the bureaucracy and the crap. And then they can lead this county continuing. So I see over the next 10 years, because we're very continuously and gently reminding voters that they agree with us on all of our issues. And we keep getting Democrats elected in municipal offices and having them serve their community without, I don't know, being arrested for felony cocaine possession. It's a pretty low bar. And that they will then be... And actually, my thought was we'd be winning a partisan seat like county commission by 2032, which is the decade. And I actually think we're going to win at least one. We could win three next year, 2024. Yeah. So I believe we'll have some. I believe we'll have some parity in representation. Voters are going to be harder because the climate is just so un. unwelcoming to people who are not fascists.
2: I'm going to choose hope in 2028 millennials and zennials will take over the boomers and we will have a younger voting block. And that is my hope.
0: So I do want to just explain. So I had a conversation with my mom on Mother's Day and it was an hour long phone call. So it was a lot about a lot more than just her being my mom. And so we ventured into politics and at one point she made the statement my generation did a lot of things and true the boomers were there when the vietnam war was protested into a ceasefire when nixon stood up the epa and when equal rights came in and all of these really positive things and so she was like but your generation doesn't vote and i had to correct her it wasn't that our generation doesn't vote it's that our age bracket doesn't vote, so whichever generation is in the most voting age bracket at the time is really in the driver's seat of politics in this country. And I think that as bad as it is right now, I don't think that this is permanent. I think that I
1: also I agree with both of you because as Generation Z, yes. and what's the next one? It's Zennials. It's Z, and then oh, nice. our and then Zennials our younger family. two
0: are Gen Alpha.
1: Yeah. And as they start raising families and have more investment in their communities, I think that's generally when people start.
0: And so the thing that is so what's not changing is that our generations are not shifting more conservative like previous generations did. So that by the time they show up to the age bracket where they're in the driver's seat, they're the ones doing all the voting. But. Our generation, millennials, I think actually it's limited with
2: Gen X's.
0: Yeah, Gen X. They aren't as conservative, which is why the Republicans are having to lock things down. But millennials skew 60-40 Democrat and Gen Z skews 70-30, which means, yes.
1: The challenge is Brevard County. Yes. Yeah, that's why what I'm doing now is reaching into the young Democrats. We're having Drinking Liberally. By the time you're listening to this, it's tonight at Intracoastal really reaching into that group now to involve them with one another's lives, to build those relationships so that they want to continue them. And I think that's going to be, I agree with you in our more urban cities, Brevard's weird. It's a super entrenched community. There are about 6,000 unregistered voters in Brevard County who tend to lean left right now, which is nothing. But I think that as we continue, the space industry keeps expanding. And as you said, the aging With that educated voter, as long as we haven't ruined Florida education.
0: Yes. Okay. So next one.
1: All right. What does defunding
2: DEI, which was the new legislation passed by and signed by DeSantis, have to do with other public schools
1: like K through 12? So I think it's important that we just continue to remind these people that use DEI as a buzzword What it actually is. Like Matt Susan was on Bill Mick this week saying that we don't need a diversity um, department at Brevard Public Schools. And then we have about 41 schools that are currently Title I schools in Brevard County. It's what you are saying, Ron DeSantis, is that you are afraid of diversity. You're just saying it out loud. We all see it, but you are literally saying it. You are afraid of diversity. You're afraid of equity. And you're afraid of inclusion. And I because I'm not answering the question, but I want because our thing is to push the conversation ahead. I think it's important that people also learn that. Like they to push the conversation ahead to remind people of what they are actually saying is they are opposed, or I would say afraid of diversity. Now, what's happening with that is they're using that as a I don't even think in fact that was asked this week to define. DEI, and he couldn't.
0: Is it like woke? Yeah. Woke means everything right. I don't.
1: But unfortunately, it's really going to hurt. We already have a, a huge learning gap in Brevard County. 68% of our minority students are reading. Well, it's a much higher than the rest of the school. There's a lot of kids reading at a well, third grade level. And it's part of the school to prison pipeline. And that's where they, d- they literally determine beds in prisons based on third graders and their reading skills. And they want to keep people in prison because yes. they make money off of that. So it's all this blah, blah, blah. So I think it's a very dangerous thing. It's going to literally lead to resegregated schools. We know that. They're resegregated schools by expanding the voucher program and getting away with DEI.
2: And people don't understand what that all encompasses. They think it's just stop woke. But there's equity, which is lower performing students. And there's inclusion
1: which is special education. Here's the thing. They can get rid of DEI and the for-profit charter schools can take selected kids that need inclusion based on their parents' politics, their parents' economics. So it's still segregating schools. It's just segregating them based on. So it's, it's dangerous. Let's go to a funny one.
0: Okay, so I got one. If you had to pick, and so, yeah, this is for me. If you had to pick one local animal to be the mascot of Brevard County politics, (laughs) what would it be and why? Okay, so Democratic, I, hey, I'm going to have to pick the flamingo because we're loud, we're flamboyant. But also, I have to say it again, the flamingo is an extremophile because they make their living in environments too toxic for predators to chase. And so they live in brine lakes that are too salty for any life besides algae and brine shrimp. They live in hot springs that would boil other animals alive and they look fabulous doing so. And so that's why I picked the flamingo.
1: So I'll show you what the Republicans one is. And those of you that are not on our video feed.
0: Oh, I was I thought I for the Republicans, are you going to say the gopher tortoise? Because no. because they're very fragile because they hold up traffic and they spend a lot of their time digging a hole and hiding in it.
1: Yeah, my friend actually made their new logo. Oh, it's a hippo. As in Hippocrats. Oh, boy! <laughs> instead of the elephant. They are the Hippocrat hypocrites party the republican party of florida
2: yeah which is funny
0: because going back to an earlier point hippos kill a lot more people than you think
2: hippos are the number one most dangerous animal in africa
0: yeah and that i don't know if you've been to africa or not or if you've read about it but they do have other dangerous animals like lions and mambas yeah, I was gonna say lions and tigers and bears, but oh my! That, yeah, but that's only what two for three.
1: Two for three. Yeah, yeah it's only in in you. Can, you can do Asia.
0: Yeah, but uh, lions, tigers, and so yeah, because <laughs> but essentially, you know, when the hippo is the most dangerous animal, it's yeah, no, because it charges at anything that encroaches on its turf, and it spends a lot of time wallowing in mud. It fits. I'd go for it.
2: Yeah, my mine would be the dolphin because it's happy to swim and it's smart. And if you
1: mess with them, they'll kill you. And they'll defend people. Yes. They defend their not just people, but they defend people against the They defend living things against the most dangerous
0: sharks in the world.
1: Yes. But I like the flamingo. That's our thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all agree.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Yes. Even if we do dolphins and hippos, I like the flamingo.
0: (laughs) All right. All right.
1: I got a funny one. Which local politician would be the most likely to win in a karaoke contest, and why? I'm going to go with Jen, Jen Jenkins. Yes,
2: why? Because she's a delight to watch, and I think she would let her hair down just a tiny bit more, and it would be hilarious. And I would want to be drinking
0: at that. She seems like what is the what's the song? Okay, so it's just
2: a small town
1: girl. Yeah, yeah.
0: She strikes me as someone who would belt that out with every. So
1: I. We'll tell you, I have spent some time with Jennifer Jenkins. We've roomed together. I don't think I've ever heard her sing. Oh, no, that's not true. She's saying happy birthday to me. Mm. She actually has a lovely voice. And you're right. She would be hilarious in karaoke. Yes. Because she also, even if she weren't drinking, she would just, if she's doing karaoke, she knows it's silly and there's nobody that can embrace silly, especially no politician who are always so buttoned up. More than Jennifer Jenkins. I agree with that. I think that's a good vote.
0: Okay. Okay. Insider Baseball. Who would be the runner up?
1: Dan McDowell. He's a city councilman from West Melbourne. And he works really hard, but also is great at garnering positive attention. Everybody in the room always likes him. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you heard it here first. Number one spot, Jennifer Jenkins. Number two karaoke trophy goes to Dan.
1: There you go. There we go. All I know is it's not me. Although I will tell you my favorite karaoke story. I did karaoke once. It was that when I was in retail and it was this state meeting of all of the store managers in my company. And we were in Orlando and we went to the Mercado at the time, which was had Julian pianist and karaoke. And this, the store manager from the Merritt Island store said she wanted to do karaoke. I'm like, look, if we are going to do karaoke, we cannot take ourselves seriously. So we picked a carpenter song and then, no, this was not in the seventies. I'm not that old. It was the '90s, and we had choreography to it. So it was, "I'm on the top of the world, looking down on creation, and the only
2: explanation."
1: <laughs> they're laughing because they're saying that it was hilarious, and the DJ himself like burst out laughing when we got to that chorus and started doing this yeah. choreography. It's like, "Choreography!" It was great. So there's my karaoke That's song. That's what I would think Jen would put on a show. Yeah. She would be fine. If she's going to do it at all, she would just embrace the silly.
0: Yeah. Yes. Speaking of, of Jennifer Jenkins, while we're here on the topic.
1: Yeah, I heard th- there was a question. So yes, this is from Ellie.
0: Yeah. Hey, Ellie. Hi, Ellie. So there's news articles about Jennifer Jenkins, not just how she's being beat up by fellow school board members.
1: But her future aspirations. Yeah. Didn't it go national? We will say. Yeah. We'll I'll say that the Washington Examiner does story. Jennifer has always been really clear that she was not going to run for school board for a second. And I'll just tell you even more history. When I first met her at Starbucks that summer and she just, she was a fairly quiet speech pathologist whose husband was a teacher and she got tired of teachers being treated with low respect and she wanted to run for the school board. I think what she Wanted to do was she thought she could achieve a whole lot of good for teachers in four years, and then go back to her profession in the schools. She wanted to get teachers better paid and make sure they never had to hold a gun. And then COVID happened, and she thought maybe we should do what we can to keep them alive. And then Randy Fine happened, and then Mindy Gibson happened, and then, and she started realizing how really like she is one of the smartest people I've ever met, can think on her feet, and she understands that national ramifications. Of bad GOP politics and politicians, and realize that our state doesn't have a an obvious candidate to take on Rick Scott. People were coming to Jennifer and saying, "Would you consider running against the U.S. Senate?" and And people keep asking her that. And I'll tell you that she would consider anything. She would probably say that if she run here herself, and we'll have her on next time. She would definitely consider it. She knows that he is dangerous for Floridians and for the country, and she's not going to allow that to go unchallenged. Now, my personal opinion, my opinion of Jennifer Jenkins, and obviously it's biased. She is the antithetical, the antithesis to Rick Scott. One thing, she doesn't look like a... Skeletor. That was going to be my next question was, what is your favorite Rick Scott nickname? I call him Voldemort. Um, But he's older, white man, trying to dictate health decisions for younger women. So he's an old white dude, obsessed with things that he shouldn't be thinking about, who made money off of senior citizens by bilking them for Medicare fraud, who bought his seat, spent $83 million to win his Senate seat, and barely eked it out against Bill Bill Nelson, who didn't raise a fraction of that. So she is none of that. She's not a millionaire. She's never stolen anything from anybody. She did once take a cookie from me. Oh. So does it count though? Because she told me. (laughs) She is the smartest person in the room. A debate between her and Rick Scott would be worth selling tickets to because she can think on her feet and he is incapable of that. And part of his 11 point plan is the further destruction of public education further limiting abortion rights on a federal level. So I think she would be a great candidate. Is it probable that she could beat him? No, but it's certainly not impossible. And it is definitely believable. Now, I'm not saying she's running. I'm just saying that people are asking her to consider it. And she has said she is going to consider anything.
2: Yeah. We also forgot that Rick Scott also lost all the money for the GOP Senate campaign fund. In 2022, he has personally said he wants to sundown Medicare and Social Security.
1: But Jennifer, to speaking of that question, I know she doesn't have a local race that she's planning to run currently. I do. People have come to her because she's gotten a lot of national attention. Moms for Liberty built this genie they can't put back in the bottle. We'll see. I mean, we were both in D.C. I was attending a conference called the Pipeline Fund, which is about funding progressive candidates all the way down to municipal level. And I was excited about that because that's what we do in Brevard County. She was asked to speak at the same conference. It's funny because on social media, some of the normal voices are screaming that I was in Washington shopping Jennifer around. She was there with Brevard Democrats, by the way, I am now all of Brevard Democrats. <laughs> and uh, and that's why she wasn't at the school board meeting. I'm like, well, I didn't go till Wednesday. I don't know what to tell you. She was, she did call into the school board meeting because she wasn't, she was presenting at that conference, but we weren't. Sure. Anyway, I went on to Wednesday and there were people asking for time to just talk about it. Oh, OK. Yeah. Brevard County is too, she's too good for Brevard County.
0: Yeah. So we have one final question. left. What's that? Whose turn is it? Isn't it mine?
1: I think. Yes, it, it is. It.
0: Okay. All right. If Brevard County's politics were a movie, who would be the protagonist and antagonist?
2: Jennifer Jenkins, Randy Fine.
1: <laughs> this is so easy, though. And I think that's just that's just now. There's always one. 2016, before Jennifer Jenkins was Jennifer Jenkins, it was David Asnardi and the City of Palm Bay. Mm-hmm. It was Wayne Ivey, who, by the way, is like being super quiet these days, which makes you wonder what he's doing that's proud. His and actually, Wayne up. Ivey and Randy Fine are opponents right yes but which one do we want to be the protagonist so from a movie standpoint jennifer jenkins and randy fine would make a great movie it would it, be hilarious
0: it would be because jennifer jenkins she'd is... be
1: played by who's a young tina fey what's the chick jennifer lawrence could play her yes jennifer lawrence it, she, she would hair, yes. she would be great and who would play randy <laughs> How many people have to be combined in that suit?
0: Oh, like the job of the hut suit? Because uh, I was thinking oh. that you could paint some Shitty chins on a. That. That's a beanbag chair over there. That. That's a Shitty. six foot wide beanbag chair.
1: so Who would play Randy Fine?
0: Oh, um, Brendan Fraser in a fat suit.
1: <laughs> I'm trying not to fat. <laughs> Burt Kreischer. Football. At least he'd but be. Brendan Fraser would be
2: great. Who? Burt Kreischer. I don't know who that is. He's a Florida comedian. He's hilarious.
1: He always does his shows without a shirt Here's the on. Thing, I don't think you're gonna find anybody that wants to take this role in, cause honestly, Randy's not that interesting.
0: It would have to be like CG like the dude who played Gollum.
1: Yes, there yes, you go. Yes, Andy Circuit. Ser- Randy finds just he's not an interesting we think of it because it's such a thing, but he's not an interesting person. Like the state legislator doesn't even like him. Yeah. They're paying seven hundred thousand dollars a year to get rid of him. Okay. Yeah. Who would be the
2: protagonist against Matt Susan? Jennifer
1: Jenkins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Any movie in provide County politics of the protagonist and antagonist can involve Jennifer Jenkins. Although Kenny, <clears throat> Kenny, Kenny Johnson, Johnson with Randy Fine would also be good.
0: All right. So we hope you had some fun with this. We had some serious questions. We had some fun questions. Send your questions our way to Push Yeah, If we Ed didn't Pod. answer your
1: question, it's because we don't have it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we don't have your question. Send it to us at pushheadpod at gmail.com. We'll just save them up until politics get. Too overwhelming and too silly, and we just need to take a break.
1: There you go. And remember, the uh, the Defending of Abortion Rights Petition, you can just come by the Brevard Dems office. There's somebody there Monday through Friday, 10 to 2, or go to our website. You can find the time that you can actually join us in our efforts to get to go door to door and get them signed, brevarddems.org. And this is an actual thing you can do. To help out all the women of Florida. That's right. And tonight, if you listen to this on Friday and not waiting until Saturday, then tonight we're doing Drinking Liberally at Intracoastal Brewery Ooh. in O'Galley Arts District. We had a lot of fun with it last month. And next month, we're going to be up in the northern part of the county, up at Playolinda, I think. So not Playa Linda, we're going to be in Cape Canaveral. So I look forward to seeing you. If you're, listening, if you're listening to this, then you come tell me that you heard about it on the pod and I'll buy you a beer. There you wow. Go. Unless you're underage, then I'll buy you something else wow sherry
0: temple what is it shirley Shirley temple
1: Temple. yeah Uh, yeah we'll get you something all right all right also yeah
2: this week was a little too heavy for me to do a newsletter but when big news that we need to talk about and we want to talk about in between episodes we do have a newsletter and we will cover big news
0: and it's free you don't yes. it i believe that the substack newsletter is ad free we are the only people who have your email addresses so it's not like we're going to spam you it's not like we're going to sell your info we just want you to be plugged in and connected and if that sounds interesting to you go to
2: it is push ahead podcast substack.com
0: substack s-u-b-s-t-a-c-k you
1: can also subscribe to the bar democrats newsletter which goes out once a month again unless there's emergencies and that's reward dems.org
0: just go click to join get our newsletter
2: see we're still trying to save this county and with pam and her plan i think we will one day there
0: yeah yeah the join the winning side that's right get it on it early
1: come to the light side
0: We also have cookies. All right. Thanks,
1: Thanks. guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco i gotta sneeze
2: i know Uh-oh. wait i think i'm good okay